0: I'm trying to encourage you to do we're trying to encourage you just like that last song and Martine said to be planting seeds of the gospel in people's lives and you might say well I believe that should just happen naturally in the way I live and I would say I agree 100% but I would also say that you need to be intentional about thinking about doing that because sometimes opportunities come naturally, and obviously they will. But I found in my life, if I'm not intentional in thinking about it, I kind of miss some of the opportunities that could be there. So what we started a couple of weeks ago is basically, we believe prayer is really important in this. So we started a couple of weeks ago saying, Think of somebody or ask God in your family, extended family, or close relation that doesn't know Jesus that you could plant a seed for. Now, some of you might be like, come on, this is a little weird. Just a seed can be anything. It, It can be a word of encouragement. How can I pray for you? It can be giving out a book. It can be giving time to serve them. But if we're not intentional and we just say these things will happen, unfortunately, they don't happen as frequently as we want. So what we were asking is, yeah, that first week, just pray. And we started on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just pray. Don't just do it. Pray. God, who do you specifically have in mind for me to do that? So we did that in our family. So the second week was maybe someone you work with. Or maybe somebody in your neighborhood. And so we said, just pray. There might be a neighbor that you've connected with. There might be a coworker that you could share a seed with. Now, last week with the power outage, we didn't see a lot of you. But it was supposed to be just somebody in town. Somebody in the community. So basically what we're taking is God's word, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We start by being witnesses, close, and we move out and move out and move out. So we're going to backtrack because last week a lot of you weren't here. And I'm going to lay down the challenge again. Pray about who this week you can in the community. And, you know, as you pray, I'm pretty sure God's going to pop someone in your mind. And then ask him, how, God, can I plant the seed? Now, This church, because your fearless leader here, is really good at encouraging Christians to be Christians, or discipleship activity. I'm a discipler. So I see that happening all the time, right? I'm not the best evangelist, and it's not the the thing that pops in my head, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't do that work. And I think what they say is a lot of times, Churches take on the flow of the pastor or the leadership. That's why I'm finding this very important in my life. And I think it'll be very good in your life. Because I don't want to. Last week, Lee Antunes was here. For those of you who didn't hear, she felt that she wanted to encourage our congregation just with this statement. Make some noise. Just make some noise. Well, this is little Leah, and she had her pants recitals yesterday so i texted her in the morning just go and make some noise (laughs) just go and plant some seeds it doesn't matter but pray and be intentional and ask god how to do that now so as a church we're trying to do that as well not just as individuals but corporately and some of you don't know but one of the ways we started doing that last year is a little program called summer baskets Now, what does that involve? Well, I'm going to have Lawrence Wood come up and share, because him and Sharon and the Millers kind of work this together. But some of the money that comes in, we use to plant seeds to our community for those who don't have the opportunity to have some decent food. And that idea came to me a while ago because we're supposed to be doing this, actually, right? And in our country it's hard there's food banks and stuff but should that stop the church from trying to reach out in some way but again communication i'm not the best and some of us don't even know we actually did that like wow that's amazing so lawrence why don't you come up or sharon all right oh yeah
1: use a uh, helping hand. A lot of people don't, um, they're not, they don't get um, connected with the food bank or um, things like that. So this is just um, a way for us to reach out a little further. They may be too far away. They may not have um, uh, transportation or something like this. So uh, I can, we connected with uh, various organizations such as big brothers, big sisters, um, some of the community health centers. um, And we also connected with some seniors homes. uh, Because somebody suggested that their their food budgets are tight. They don't tend to get locally uh, grown food, fresh food in the summer. So we reached out to them and they were, they were thrilled. They were so happy to be able to um, provide to 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 team up with us Um, so yeah we're doing that again this year Um, and uh, if you're interested in helping to deliver what we do is we go to uh, the farm Uh, it's on a Thursday between a certain time and we pick up Uh, this year we're trying last year we did about 10 baskets this year we're trying to pretty much double it um, each week And so you go to the farm, pick up the baskets, and you take it to um, one of the health centers so that they can distribute it because obviously there's confidentiality there and and all that. So we just do the initial pickup and drop off. If anyone would like to um, help in that regard, uh, please let me know and I'll sort that out for you. Um, And I just wanted to share a couple of, Notes that we got from uh, people that just really appreciated how this went down. So the first one was from um, a woman whose parents are in one of the uh, homes, uh, Lombard Manor, and she said, My parents are residents in Lombard Manor, and I understand that you donated corn and other fresh local vegetables for the residents. My parents, retired farmers, said that the corn was amazing cooked perfectly. My mom had three cobs. Thank you so much for your kindness and consideration. Um, And then another note, uh, we would like to sincerely thank you for your generous donation of farm fresh veggies. The families that we serve were so grateful and delighted to receive the vegetables and thank you for thinking of us. So yeah, that gives a snapshot hopefully.
0: sometimes we would hear why would a church do that Like, why would we do that uh they yeah it's good practice in giving we want to show people we love them and then we believe sometimes god does the rest now sometimes there's opportunities to share but it's got to start somewhere right it's got to start somewhere i read a little story this week before we get into god's word that i guess there's a certain seed that lays dormant it's some crazy seed for four years four years in the ground and then when it comes out of the ground it grows exponentially for the first six months and i was like isn't that amazing you don't know what as we do it in the name of the lord jesus christ that he will do amen all right, so stay tuned for the midweek encouragement. If you didn't see it last week, boy, I was excited. We, we talked with Nasarat there and uh, some of the stuff that's going on in regards to his ministry through the internet. And I don't know if you heard that, but he said uh, when they were in a country in, in the Middle East as missionaries, they were able to give a couple Bibles out by hand. But as they advertised on the internet to mobile phones, over the last few years, they've had 40 downloads of the bible there's all sorts of ways and you say well who's going to read it it doesn't matter if it's one percent that's still exciting it's more than the two that they handed out in person another way that god is using so we'll have another little fun snapshot this week and you know tying it to Jiar, who was the week before in a middle eastern country how did he come to know the lord someone gave him the gospel of luke And you might be like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, is it worth it? Is it worth it for one person to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? And we pray and try to be efficient with the funds God uses. But we are called here not just for ourselves. Amen? There's something bigger. And if our thought pattern is always about ourselves, it doesn't get too far. We get pretty depressed pretty quickly, right? Right? Anyways, you were saved for a purpose, Ephesians 2, for a work, right? That God has prepared good works for those who love him. And to me, it's super exciting to encourage myself in this and others. And already I've, yeah, contacted someone. I'm praying they're going to be healed, but that will follow today. I just, I knew someone was hurting and I said, I'm going to pray. I don't really know this person super well, but I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus that God touches you, that you will know. He is real. And we'll see what God does, right? But at least I can do that, right? But anyways, Acts chapter 8. We'll try and make this somewhat to the point. (laughs) Lord, bless your word this morning. Holy Spirit, come. So we're in this series kind of encouraging us to plant seeds, to reach out. In the first week taking the book of Acts, we learned we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Doug continued that message and talked about the Holy Spirit as well. And the last week, we talked about the power of prayer in regards to all of this. And we took 2 Chronicles 7.14, where we know that if we're going to see things change, we have to humble ourselves Right? And pray and ask God to work. So this week we're going to carry on in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 8, as I've mentioned. The continuing story in the book of Acts. It's a transition part. If you know anything about the book of Acts, obviously Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And in chapter 1, it says that they were going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And that they would be witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we see that right away in in chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes. And what happens? Peter stands up and gives witness. And 3,000 are saved, right? The Holy Spirit comes. Seeds are planted. And we see this power to be his witness come. And in Jerusalem, we see that continue. The church grows. Doug talked about chapter 3 and 4 as they went about and they prayed for boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit again to plant seeds. They shared all things at the end of chapter 4. God was working and more were added to his church in chapter 4. There's a lot of growth going on. As you continue in the book of Acts, chapter 6, the church was getting so big that no longer could the apostles handle all the work that needed to be done. So they appoint deacons, which the word means just servants. And one of those was Stephen. So in chapter 7, Stephen in Jerusalem is persecuted because when God works, we know evil doesn't like it. And he's the first martyr in the church. And here we come to chapter 8 with just a few thoughts of encouragement. Again, a transition chapter, because everything has happened in Jerusalem. So we see that. Book of Acts, the gospel going forward through the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus said it would in Jerusalem. But now it has to extend out in chapter 8. Stephen just martyred. And it says this in chapter 8, Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. Wouldn't that be great if that happened here? There was great joy in this city. So we see we're introduced to Saul, who soon will become Paul. But we don't want to focus on him. But we just know he's causing persecution. And they're all scattered. So they weren't heading out of Jerusalem. So God has to head them out of Jerusalem. And the avenue he uses is persecution. Hard times. Difficult things. I want you to know this morning. God will use hard seasons and hard circumstances so we can shine and be a witness for him. It's actually that word scattered as you see it in chapter 8, verse 1. And then, again in verse 4, in the Greek, there's two words for scattered. One is like scram, scat, like afraid. And I'm sure there was a little bit of part of that. The other is when a farmer or you plant grass you scatter the seed and that's the greek word and that's actually the meaning here so they were scattered as though god was going to use them as seed on the ground and that's exactly what's going to happen according to god's word in chapter one they head out to judea and to samaria in the midst of a difficult season and circumstance, going to be a witness to declare what they believe in. You know, sometimes in hard times, it becomes really obvious what we believe. Really obvious. Have you been with someone who has been sick, but they're a believer, the Lord Jesus Christ? And it's such a hard season, but their life just simply shines of trust in the difficulty. Even in little ways, we see it. You know, in the power outage, just hearing even stories this week of how people went out to help their neighbors. They were good to love one another. And I would say this isn't Christians, though I think it's our responsibility. It's the the world also, but it seems when there are difficult things... That people resort to, again, what truly is in their heart. And you might be going through a difficult season right now. You might be lonely. You might be sick. You might be confused. You might be hurt. But you can be a tremendous witness in the difficult situation. We've seen it, how people forgive and love in the time. How they trust in persecution. And it has a tremendous impact on people. Just even this week, I was meeting with someone I haven't talked to in a very long time. And he's going through, a, like, I would wish it on nobody. I'll just say that. I'd wish it on nobody. But he was telling me stories in the midst of his pain of how people are looking in to what he's been through and desiring to be like him is it him no it's jesus within him and so often we don't want persecution in our lives but sometimes my friends in the difficulty whether it's persecution or a season of life god is using you more than you know and here it's so obvious jerusalem so persecuted you got crazy Saul before he becomes paul And if he's type A missionary, he's type A wreaking havoc on the church. Like probably, it says dragging people out of their home, putting them in prison. And this is what they're going through. And these people truly have experienced God and they go out, but it doesn't matter where they go, they're going to talk about Jesus. I've heard it said, when China became communist... They had a challenge with the christians that were already in the country because it wasn't always communist right and so they expelled all the missionaries you might remember the missionary stories like eric liddell and some they were always in china and they were allowed to be there but when they became communists they weren't allowed but then they had this problem with the christians who were there and they realized that they got a lot of strength from gathering together and being together so they came up with this idea if we scatter them throughout the whole country. They will lose their power and their strength. How interesting, right? Some of you might not know, but I still think and have read that the underground church in China is absolutely massive. Massive. And originally you think, well, if we spread them out, if we scatter them, if we persecute them, but really what they were doing, it was creating missionaries all throughout that country. I guess the final question in terms of this and this little section is, how do you deal with difficulty in your life? Because there's a way to become so insular and why me? Why me? why me but there's another part of it that's huge and if we can think like god okay god you're with me in this i don't know why but you're going to work things together for good somehow but god help me to shine and that's kind of been a little bit of a theme for me this work this year not this week not this month this year but arise and shine in the darkness for the glory of God is upon you. I took a picture a couple of weeks ago. It was the so-called red moon night. Remember that? But before you could see it because there was many clouds. But that moon was so bright. And it was busting through the clouds. And I took a picture and it was amazing. Because you could see the clouds white from the brightness of the moon darkness and that's god's call for us and we see this man philip and who is this philip we're introduced in verse five as he goes out and he ends up going to samaria and just one little note about samaria and you guys probably know in your biblical knowledge but do jews get along with samaritans no they hate them and where okay jerusalem judea where are you going to go Oh, how about that to your enemy, to the ones you hate, that God's going to give you love to go there to share Christ. But who was this Philip as he went out? I want you to note as well, it says none of the apostles went. They all stayed in Jerusalem. And if you're expecting the elders and the teachers or pastor here, pastor there, go do it. (laughs) you are the engine of god's work and you don't need a degree and you don't need to be the pastor and i find it really interesting here actually these people we don't even know these people who aren't in the word and prayer are the ones that god sends out am i saying anything about being in the word and prayer no 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 obviously you want to do that but god uses everyday regular people Not the chosen 12 or 11. Well, maybe 12 now with the addition of Matthias. No, it says they stay and these others go. And what was it about this Philip that went? We know he became a deacon in in Acts chapter 6. And I mentioned that only means servant. He was a servant of God. But it does say he was chosen because he was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. You can be normal. But if you believe and trust God, and you're operating in his strength, God's going to use you. You are all. I am called. I see myself as you. I don't see myself as some apostle. I just want to do the work as an everyday dude going out to shine for Christ. And here, that's what he does. And what does Philip do when he goes to Samaria? This area would probably his enemies. It simply says this in verse 5. He preaches Christ to them. And before that, in verse 4, it says, The others went everywhere preaching the word. The word, word, simply means John chapter 1, same word, Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And we see Philip preached Christ. They preached the Word. Who is Christ? The Word. Simply that. They're not worried about somebody's doctrine. They're not worried about whether someone, they got to clean somebody up. All they want to talk about is Christ Christ's love, what Christ has done, who Christ is, that Christ is alive. They preached Jesus and the kingdom of God. I really like that. Sometimes when we think we have to witness, we think we've got to clean somebody up first. You know, I, I, it sneaks in me. I remember way back when, when we first came here, we, we did these outreaches called skate comp. And I had people from New Jersey. I had people from Florida come. And, you know, in Conlon Farm, they have the little skate park. It came about then. And we did this skateboard competition. And we went big, big, as big as we could. The church probably was about 10 people then. The church in New Jersey, we like did t-shirts, we did gifts, we did competition, we were in the paper, we rented the arena, we got skate stuff there, skate stuff's here, we brought these semi-professionals in, we had this testimony. Yeah, and I can remember time, I don't know, you'd have 40 or 50 youth come out to this competition, and they were lined up, if you know Colonial Farm, around the fence there, watching and doing their thing, and I remember we were packing up, we gave the message, and this kid came over, and he's like, Can I have a t-shirt? I was like, What's your name? Blah, 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 and da-da-da. And he said, da, 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 and I did this, and I was somehow the conversation came to he did things he shouldn't be doing. So I said to him, Well, I'll give you a t-shirt if you stop doing those things. He's like, Okay, I'll give it a try. I gave him a t-shirt. And I thought, oh, I did a real good job being a witness. I had a friend here with New, from New Jersey with me. So that, that young fella, yeah, I'm going to try. Give me the T-shirt, right? You know, like, farmer's tank, Give me the stick. Thanks for the gospel. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> but I didn't give him the gospel. I just asked him, would you stop doing those things? It's not good for you. Now we think that's good in human terms. So my friend is with me. He's from New Jersey. And he, and he looks at me and he says, why did you ask him that? And i'm like i don't know but that's a good thing right so just tell him about jesus don't try and clean him up don't try and make him a christian with him not even knowing what a christian is i'll never forget that he said just preach christ to him don't worry if he's going out to the bar well certainly he will but he has to know jesus internally To see external change he has to know the love the forgiveness he has to know those things before you desire change you know the holy spirit does a great job of convicting people of their sin and it won't take much to get there but if they don't know the solution we're in trouble i love that philip preached simply what would he have preached of christ the life he lived the death the resurrection that's what he would have preached the word well that's great but i want you to note that wasn't it because it says in verse 6 the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Where did that come from? I thought he just preached. Why is it? What's his business about miracles? Like, What's that all about? Should we expect to see miracles? Uh, we're not Philip. We're not in the book of Acts. I've never really seen that. Do I even believe in that? What does that look like? Okay, I'm preaching Jesus. Isn't that enough? Well, certainly it is enough, but I want to tell you, don't be afraid to understand that miracles can and will follow as we preach Jesus Christ. You may say, I've never seen it. Well, have you tried it? I've never seen God working. it. Well, when's the last time that you taught someone about Jesus and prayed that they would be healed? Last week? Anytime? Anybody? Last month? Maybe some of you, oh yeah. Maybe stop, laid hands on someone and you know, this is who Jesus is. He loves you, forgives you. You're a sinner, but he cares so much for you. Can I pray that you would be healed? You ask me, when's the last time I did it? Probably about four years ago. Just being honest. Well, why should we do that? Can I ask you this? Why wouldn't you do that? I'll tell you why I wouldn't do that, because God probably won't work. You probably won't hear my prayers. You probably won't hear anyone. So what's the use of wasting my breath? That's a great way to start your prayer, by the way. Sometimes this scares us. I want you to know in Samaria, this is where this is all happening. There was another missionary that went to Samaria. Do you know his name? Someone really powerful in the Bible. He went to Samaria. Anybody know? Jesus, how about that? Yeah, Jesus went, disciples are like, why are we going this way? I don't know uh, if you've ever seen the series, The Chosen, whether you like it or not. I think they do a nice job of how he goes into Samaria and goes to the well. And and there's the woman there, and the disciples go for food. I just love the picture, too, because Jesus, what does he do? He preaches that he's the Messiah. He preaches that he's the Messiah. But that's not all he does remember oh yeah he has a conversation with the woman then he ask her a question uh you know something about her husband oh i i don't have a... oh that's right you don't because you've had five what how would you know that amazing seeds he's planted but i just want to encourage you i'm not trying to be weird I'm not trying to be Pentecostal, but I am trying to be Bible-based Christians. God can use the Holy Spirit within us as we preach Christ to speak to people in ways that we don't know about their life. And we can pray that God would work to change them. When the 70 were sent out in Luke chapter 10, it's very interesting that they preached Christ, but they also went casting out demons and healing in Christ's name. That's not the 12. That's the 70. And it's not all about miracles. I'm not saying it is. It's all about Jesus. Remember, Jesus said when they came back, they were amazed. Oh, the evil spirits listen to us and just be thankful that you're going to heaven. Remember he said that? But it doesn't mean that God didn't use them to have faith. Remember, Philip's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Where he has the confidence to say, here is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But he sees a need. And in the power of the Spirit, he prays that God would possibly meet it. Well, what if God doesn't meet it again? Well, that's okay. Because what
1: if God does?
0: It will only, not for the sake of saying, oh, here's a great miracle, because a miracle without Christ means nothing. It only allows us to point people to Jesus. And I think this is important in our day and age, because we live in a culture that is so focused on the intellect, there's not much room for the spirit. Okay, you might disagree with me. (laughs) That's okay. When you see and hear of missionaries going to Africa or Asia, oftentimes you hear stories as they present Christ of miracles following. Just read some biographies. There's an openness and an understanding to the supernatural in some countries that just isn't in the Western world. Am I saying the mind is bad? Absolutely not. Am I saying that you should not witness using the mind? Absolutely not. You should use mind. You should use everything you can. What I'm saying is don't leave out a belief that God could work in someone's life in a supernatural way. 1 Corinthians 14, when it talks about the supernatural, Paul gives a great exhortation. He says, do everything in order talking about church here but he also says desire the spirit desire prophecy desire even to speak in tongues and i don't know where you stand on that it's okay we can have a discussion later but the only point is he's saying two things do things right but desire the work of the holy spirit and i'm just going to be completely honest with you in our uh, how can i we're doing pretty good keeping things in order. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a pretty good job. And when it gets out of order, I'm going to hear about it. Just going to let you know. If something feels too spiritual, Holy spirit seeing, I'm going to hear about it, probably from some of you. We're doing pretty good keeping things in order. And the question I, I, I say to us this morning is, Are we desiring the work of the spirit? Because it's a balance. Didn't Jesus even say in John 4, you need to worship worship me in truth and in spirit. It's a balance of truth and spirit. And I just think just the culture, because academia and who we are and the country we're in, which is excellent and good, the mind is working just fine. Sometimes we need a little exhortation. That as we preach Christ, to ask God to move in miraculous ways. When I get to the end of my, my life, there's one thing I've just loved Jesus to say <laughs> or not say to me. E. Of little faith. Why didn't you ask? Why didn't you ask? I want to step into that. I want to have the faith. I want to be intentional. The times I have done that, I will tell you very clearly: God has not done something. That four years ago, I remember was in Smith Falls on the street, and I was waiting for one of my kids' interview. It was actually Stefan, so he was still in college. He was interviewing for a civil engineering, whatever student position and i was sitting on the bench and this guy had a cane he started telling me about his illness and what was wrong with him and at that point i felt the holy spirit said you have opportunity what are you going to do nice to meet you i said you know what i believe in prayer i'd love to pray for you that god would touch you i don't know if he will i don't know what happened to that fellow, he definitely wasn't healed right away, but you know what he said to me, I believe, as I remember it when I left, is, thank you, thank you, because you cared enough for me, even to think to pray for me, and I do that because Jesus loved me, and Jesus loves you, and it comes down to the motivation, and I think as Philip goes, in this difficult time in this persecution and he goes and he preaches christ he preaches the word he preaches the truth but he also asked god to move and unclean spirits left crying out with a loud voice many who were paralyzed and lame were healed I love it because when you see God work and people come to know Jesus again, what does it say at that final verse in that section? There was great joy in that city. <laughs> do you want to see that where you live? You want to see that in yourself? I do. I'm so desperately do want to see that finally as all this goes on and just to to finish here because peter and john come and i'm not gonna spend any time on that but they pray that they receive the holy spirit we've talked about that enough in regards to that's how god was moving in their lives and there's this guy simon who did miracles but he didn't claim jesus and he's reprimanded by peter because he didn't preach the truth of christ he just wanted the miracles but I find it interesting that Philip, the one who's causing this great revival, this great revival, it says in verse 26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury had come to Jerusalem to worship and returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Note this in verse 29. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. And Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet. And simply says this, do you understand what you are reading? Just to Make this a little shorter, he says no, tells him where he's reading. But note verse 35, Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Philip left a revival, the urging of the Holy Spirit. To go for one. One person. Now that one person. Changed a lot of people. But I simply want to say this. Would you. When you're considering sowing seeds. In difficult times. Through your actions and your words. Preaching Christ. Desiring God to work. Would you just simply. Obey God. Because he might send you away from something that looks really glamorous. We love to make heroes. Philip went for one. And you know what? Maybe sometimes the Spirit tells us to shut our mouth. Maybe the Spirit will tell us to open our mouth. I don't think we'll be called to run up to a chariot, since there really is not too many around. But what would you do if the Spirit gave you a nudge? Go up to that car. Walk up to that car. (laughs) Oh, really? Knock on that door. What would you do? I love Philip wasn't concerned of himself or how big the movement was. He's simply concerned about following and obeying the Holy Spirit. God gives us nudges, little convictions. He brings people to our mind. Don't try and justify what's best. It's probably, oh, Philip, (laughs) hey, listen, God, they need me. Samaria, revival, the whole, the whole joy city. Come on, let this, yeah, let's do it. Big crowds. No. Go. For the one. Run up to that chariot. What are you nuts? And God had prepared everything. See, that's what God does. You plant a little seed, some water, but who brings the increase? God. And I'm going to tell you this morning, He wants to use me, and He wants to use you, simply by following His lead. And I am really excited For anyone, myself included, who will take God and his word seriously and desire to reach out, you will see him work. I don't know when and how. You will see him work. Just be open to do what he asks you to do. So when I started this challenge, I didn't know if anyone would respond. I don't know myself if I was gonna do it. I was really blown away that the first two people who talked to me that they took the challenge in faith were two youth. Two youth. I'm gonna do that. It's awkward, it's weird. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, whatever God put in their mind, I think it's a good motivation for us who think we know it all. Just take a step for Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this morning, for your encouragement. Thank you for your word. We don't just do this to do it. We don't do this to check off a list. We don't work for you. We don't desire to be your witnesses, to say we're doing it, to feel good about ourselves, God. We do it because we know you changed lives. You changed our life. We know the reality of heaven and hell. Would you remind us today? devil is so good at distracting me with the cares of this world but may we be open to the opportunities you bring for the sake of the people we love or even this the samaritans in our life the people we don't love that they would come to know your love and your forgiveness That heaven would be their destination. We're so thankful for Jesus this morning. Your love. Demonstrated to us by your obedience to the Father. Your death on the cross. Your sacrifice for us to set us free. Your resurrection. All that you've done for us, God. You have done it all and we praise you today truly it's all about jesus and this morning we want to celebrate what you've done for us want to be like isaiah we uh, sung about him in that song as we see i am a person a man a woman of unclean lips and yet you've touched us and you've made us clean by the blood of jesus christ Oh, praise God. We want to look at you. We want to see what you've done for us, Lord. As we take communion, we want to know. Again, in our hearts, we want to remember all that you've done. Because truly, when we see you and your work, we will say, send me. Send me. This morning, we have communion. Communion. Martine is going to sing, Would you worship God? Would you remember Jesus and what he's done? If you don't know him, he loves you so much. We're all sinners. You're a sinner and you need forgiveness. And in his grace, he has come to this world and died for you to set you free. He's forgiven you if you will choose to receive and believe in him. Would you do that this morning? If you know him, just. Enjoy Jesus and what he's done. Martine's going to sing the elements in the back. May retrieve them quietly, respectfully. Turn to your seat and we'll partake together. Let's enjoy Jesus together. SHIT morning, we give you thanks, Jesus. We praise you. You are so good to us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. We praise you. You're so faithful. Thank you in the garden, Jesus, that you said this. Not my will be done, but yours, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you obeyed the Father. And it was really, really hard. Because in that, in that work of obedience, stepping out to the cross and dying upon it, rising again, we have salvation. You're so good, God. Let's take the bread together. The blood of Christ, the new covenant. Jesus, as he took the cup, Remember me. This is the new covenant. Simply states. That our sins are forgiven by the blood of Christ. The debt has been paid as we choose to receive and believe. And trust. In Jesus. We can't do it. We can't pay that price, but you paid for us. And we remember this morning, your love and your grace, that we are a forgiven people. We are so forgiven and we are loved. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Believe and trust in him. You are new creations in Christ, brand new, brand new, sitting with him. Praise God. Let's take the juice together. Well, it's 1130. We're going to let you go today. We're going to thank God for what he's done. Jesus, thank you for your grace and your love this day. May we go and share what's changed our lives. May we be full of faith and full of your spirit for your glory. Thank you for the good works that you've prepared for us. May we walk in them as your workmanship in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.